2: Welcome into the House of L Podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. We are presented by Aurelio's Pizza. Aurelio's Pizza, it's the sauce. Man, you know it's good. Just go. Aurelio's Pizza.com. Now that I said that, I'm thinking I gotta figure out, I gotta get to Homewood some point this week. I'm gonna get to Homewood and I'm gonna get me a pie from Aurelio's, and honestly, you should do the same thing. Order it out of the old oven, tell Joe that I sent you, and be like, Joe, it's the sauce, right? Like Laura said, and it'll be all good. I appreciate you coming to hang out for this episode. I might do an amendment to this episode. I was thinking about it, because I planned out that I was going to talk about Kenobi, and I forgot that... I should be talking with Kevin Bulldog Anderson about Kenobi. So maybe I'll do a whole other episode with him. But I got to tell you, I was really, really blown away by the finale of Kenobi. The series itself was fine. Like, there was nothing wrong. Well, there were things that were wrong with it. But, I mean, it didn't have any fatal flaws. I wasn't like, oh, I'm so I feel like I wasted my time watching this. No, I enjoyed it from week to week, and I thought some episodes were really special, but with something like that, it's so big like it's such a it's such a big deal to do that series that you want to make sure that the finale brings it home that you have something that you can look at and say, Man, they did this. It was a great Creative piece. And I I really, I really enjoyed the finale. First things first, let me start with the way that they set all of this up. I loved Obi Wan Kenobi as a broken man. I thought they did an excellent job of explaining his lot in life and what it was like for him after the Rebels lost and, and what some of their struggles were and what the struggles were for him after the Rebels lost at the end of the first trilogy. Wait, I have to... <laughs> I, after episodes one, two, and three, not New Hope stuff and you still have to sometimes explain that. But Ewan McGregor, as this broken man, and how he was going about life with a whole lot of regrets, and he was going about life Wondering where he had gone wrong. That's the part that was super dope for me at the beginning of this. Where you have him really trying to figure out what went wrong with the Jedi. And trying to figure out if the whole concept of the Jedi Order was wrong. I'm glad that we are at a place when it comes to Star Wars where we get a chance to see some storytelling being done about Order 66. And I know that you know there've been animated stuff, people have written all sorts of stuff, but seeing it on on the the bigger stage, like seeing it on Disney for example. I I'm I'm glad that they were able to do this, but here's this broken dude like, he's super broken. And I guess I never really thought about it, and I should have, in the context of trauma. The, the context of, this is some traumatic stuff that's going on for Kenobi. He has to deal with not just what's happened with Anakin Skywalker. He also has to deal with the trauma of what's happened to the entire Jedi. Think about it this way. like, Basically, his family was slaughtered. Because the Jedi don't really have family. And his family was slaughtered. Order 66 was the slaughtering of the entire Jedi family. So inside of that, there's a man who's struggling with his failure to bring about his apprentice. Who was supposed to bring balance to the force. I love episode three. And I love, like, the last 45 minutes of that movie. Last hour of that movie. There's so much like, greatness in there. The legendary fight scene. But even inside the fight scene, you have You have that moment of him being absolutely distraught. Because he's now kind of realized that Anakin has gone to the dark side. And what he says is, you know, I've, I failed you. I failed you. You were supposed to bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. And you and McGregor, in that moment, man, he had already kind of won me over. But in that moment, you're like, wow, this guy really threw himself into this character. And I think that I wonder how much of it he went back and watched before starting the filming of Kenobi. Because I felt like he was able to capture all of that emotion. And we were able to see this broken Jedi that's like conflicted about whether or not the Jedi should even exist. And he stopped his training and he's trying to live this secret life just doing the best that he can to try and protect Luke. And then we're introduced to, to Reva. And I, I love the character of Reva. And I'm glad people were like out of out in front of their skis on trying to figure this character out. And I'm glad that once we got to, you know, episodes five and six, we were able to understand who she is and why she's that way. Moses Ingram, the the actor who who played Reva, I thought she was tremendous. I thought she did a great, like her performance was great for me because I thought she embodied kind of this scheming, this scheming person that's trying to gain favor of Darth Vader and willing to do anything and doesn't respect the other people that she's working with. And then, you know, you kind of find out why. Like you find out, That she's totally okay with not being a part of the, the Empire in that way. And we go from that to rage. Like we see her rage in a lot of the episodes. And then we see her break. And even it's as simple as... What I thought Deborah Child did a really good job, she directed the series. Even her hair and her look was completely different by the time we got to the end of the series. Yeah, there were some rocky moments in here. And I wonder if this would have been... I wonder what happens if this is a full-budget And if it's a full-budget movie, what type of dollars does it... You know, like, I, I kept thinking about that. I think if you would to turned this into even a two-and-a-half-hour movie, they could have trimmed some of the fat. But at this point, I'm not sure what's most valuable to some of these streaming companies. I'm not sure if Disney would end up making more money on a movie, or on bringing more subscribers in because they want to watch Kenobi. Although I imagine by now, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've probably already bought in to Disney and Disney Plus and all of that and the Hulu bundle or whatever. But I kept thinking it would be better as as a movie.
1: I am
2: glad that we were able to see different worlds. Now, we still got a buttload of Tatooine. And I I have tired of Tatooine as a fan of this series. I'm tired of that. I'm ready to see more and different worlds inside of the Star Wars universe. And we got to see some of that in this series. I enjoyed some of the wacky characters and some of the cameos that came about in here. I enjoyed how menacing being the Grand Inquisitor is. And the fights were good. The the fights were really dope. I'm not going to take up like a ton of your time on this particular episode because I do appreciate you listening. I have to be more conscious of that, that sometimes I'm just like off doing my own thing. Um, I want to talk about the finale and just a couple of things that really hit me about the finale. I thought inside of the finale was some of Ewan McGregor's best work as Obi-Wan Kenobi. The fight scene with him and Vader. And we go from the beginning of this series where this cat is completely out of practice with the Force, with his lightsaber, with his confidence. And by the end, we get all of that back. We get, like, full-fledged Kenobi. And we get to see, see what feels like an even battle between him and Darth Vader, where for the majority of the series, it's been Obi-Wan running away. In terror, like being afraid, and we finally get to the place where he's unafraid. Hayden Christensen did work in this series, too, and that fight scene, like, that's what, like, it really hit me. And I'll just tell you, like, from any time that you're watching something or listening to something, like, the whole idea is for it to connect with you as a listener, as a viewer, as a reader. And it connected with me. The fight scene connected with me because of how great like Hayden Christensen was in explaining to Kenobi, you didn't make me this. I chose this, fam. I like this. I want to be this. And and McGregor did some great acting with just his face. Where you see him acknowledge the truth that Anakin Skywalker is giving him and accepting it and being like, you know what, I've done everything that I can do, everything that I can do to save your soul. And now you're telling me it don't matter? All right. I am washing my hands of this. And I am forgiving myself. And that hit me hard cuz I'm I'm very hard on myself for mistakes that I've made. And I I do a terrible job. Of forgiving myself. And that's a theme that. Also goes to Reva. Like at the end. She's been carrying around. All this pain. And her pain has caused her. To act out in a most. Vengeant way. That's not even a word. With vengeance. She's acted out in vengeance. Like she's been driven. By vengeance. Like trying to. To to get to Darth Vader for, again, like killing her family. Like the Padawans. And seeing seeing those two act. Like really act together. And breaking down. And the characters realizing that there's a whole new life. That they can lead. If they just forgave themselves. If they just didn't. If they just didn't think that everything was their fault or that they had control over these things, that they could go out and just be and just exist and be, figure out what it is that they want with their lives going forward. The other part, and I'm so glad that Deborah Chow. Did this. Uh, it was a great choice. A, a really wonderful choice by Stuart. Uh, is it Stuart Beatty and Deborah Chow on putting this one together forever inside of the Star Wars Star Wars universe? We all know of Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. And they're they're kind of characters that are, like, on the periphery. Like, they're they're a storytelling device. Here is faithful Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru here to raise young Luke Skywalker, and they don't have what it takes to raise him, and blah, 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 blah. I loved how they were portrayed, how Uncle Owen was portrayed throughout this entire series. Like, Uncle... I ain't for no shit. Owen. <laughs> I love that. And when we see him and 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 sweet aunt Baru, like they know that Reeve is coming, and they're like, we can't run, so we ain't running. And and they were like, come with it. Like you talk about bout it, like they were about it. I said this on on the air, and I'll tell it to you. I probably should have told you first since, you know, you're the faithful podcast listener. I don't have any kids, okay? You probably knew that. And that's a choice. That's a choice. But I am an uncle, and I take that really seriously. Like, I joke about being the goat of uncles. And I tried, and I very much saw myself in Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. Like, it was very easy for me to put myself in their place. And if I were to have to raise one of my nieces or nephews, and you came for one of my nieces or nephews, I would have reacted exactly the way that Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru reacted. Like, come and get them. I double dare you. So I thought it was dope, and it spoke to me personally. It might not have spoken to you that specifically, um, but it, it definitely spoke to me. And I just thought that it gave us everything that we wanted. In the end, like, if, if you were, I know there were people, I saw them in my timeline, they were like, ah, I'm out, like, after episode two. And I get it, like, it was a slow burn. But to get back to it, to get back to the end, it was, I, I walked away, like, in tears and smiling. Because I thought they pulled it off. And that's not an easy thing to do. To land that plane, to land that starship. They were able to do it. Now, I don't think they did it with Boba Fett. Like, I enjoyed Boba Fett, but at the end, I was kind of like, is this the Boba Fett story or is this the Mandalorian story? I did think that they've done a good job with that with the Mandalorian, but I... And I've I've actually thought Mandalorian has just been good. Like, every single episode of it has been good. But with Kenobi... Star Wars fans asked them to make it worth their while. Like, you put me through this for five episodes, and I would say three of the five episodes are pretty good. You better bring this home. And they did. So, shout out to Deborah Chow, who... I thought was able to really convey a lot of fun, a lot of raw emotion, and the, the fight scenes were... Vader setting Kenobi on fire was terrifying. And Hayden Christensen continues to play angry Vader really well. Now, obviously, by the time we get to, like, Rogue One... Like, Rogue One, Angry Vader is a whole different level. But we got to see pretty close, pretty close with Kenobi Vader. So, shout out to the people that put it all together. And I'm glad that it it ended up the way that it ended. All right, so I'm, I'm done now. I'm done. I don't want to waste all of your time. I just wanted some more space to talk about it. And that's what I was saying, like... House of L is now going to be a place where, whether I have longer thoughts on movies or sports stuff, it's going to be a place where I can do some of that, and I'm glad that you still stick with me. And since you're sticking with me, get your butt to Aurelio's and go get some pizza. It's so good. It's the sauce, man. If you go to Homewood, you can get it out of the old oven. And you should ask him for that. But they got locations all over. Well, you're talking Joliet or Mokina, Frankfurt, Palis, Like, wherever you are, you can get yourself in Aurelio's, Merrillville, wherever. Go out and support them, and tell Joe Aurelio that he made a good choice hanging out with House of L. I will talk to you next time. I went and saw Top Gun, so I'm going to talk about that, too. I'll see ya. Hey.